Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. Would everyone mute your phone, please? Thank you. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 9th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 75. For context, we will reread the first paragraph beginning with When We Decide, and then pick up where we left off on Friday by reading and focusing our sharing on the second paragraph, which begins with We Pocket Our Pride. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the 12 steps will be Ken. Reading the 12 traditions will be Tracy K. And reading the text will be Sharon H., Janice M., and Nancy O. The share ID for Sunday, June 8th is 6442. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ken to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our, care, and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thank you, Ken. I will now ask Tracy Kay to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Uh, Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always to maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Tracy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 75, the first paragraph beginning with, When We Decide. I will ask Sharon H. to read two paragraphs and that we focus our comments primarily on the second paragraph, which begins with, We Pocket Our Pride. Sharon H., please go right ahead. 
Good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your service. Welcome to everyone out on the line. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. When we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. We have a written inventory and we are prepared for a long talk. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we are engaged upon a life and death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They will be honored by our confidence. We pocket our pride and we go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can, excuse me, we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And, uh, oh my goodness, there's so much packed into this uh, paragraph that we'll, we'll be sharing on, but I, I think the uh, thing that speaks to me and has uh, meant so much to me is we pocket our pride, and I didn't realize until I was uh, going through the process of the fourth and fifth step how much pride I had. And uh, to me, pride, it was I was just totally constantly being pro- preoccupied with myself, seeing myself as more important than God and those around me. And, uh, or I'd use the other side of the coin and, you know, be my own judge, jury, and executioner. So um, this step just did give me that sense of freedom and ease. Uh, I just love that there are some promises that we begin to experience in this um, uh, fifth step, which are um, so wonderful. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of secrets and I grew up in a family that had a lot of secrets. So, uh, those fears that fall from us, um, and I began to feel that nearness of our creator. And, um, so the beliefs that I had, uh, never touched my heart. They were outward beliefs and they were very, uh, religious beliefs. But then the spiritual experience is when it really, uh, touched my heart. And um, and that feeling that that drink problem, our compulsive eating problem, will be uh, will disappear. That often does come strongly, and and that we are set free. I guess that's what I love when I hear we feel we're on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe, and um, that is such a a wonderful experience. And it's. Um, you know, it begins way back when, way back when, when we have to realize we're truly powerless. We do need a power in our life, and this is how um, we acquire that power that's greater than ourselves, that will lead us to freedom. And, um, you know, I didn't get that for a lot of years in, in this program of uh, OA, so I just feel so uh, blessed to know that, yes, it is possible, and it is possible for each and every one of us. And um, and the important thing is, you know, fourth step, you know, it is difficult. Uh, I got sick of looking at myself, uh, seeing how selfish <laughs> those uh, character defects, selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid. I just didn't realize how much they they were consuming my life, my mind, my actions, my thoughts. 
And so then in the fifth step, when we're able to give those, give those to God and be the beginning of a, a new way of life and um, a new freedom uh, is one of the wonderful gifts, just one of the wonderful gifts of this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon H. Who would like to share on that second paragraph? This is Paula Mashia. Go ahead, Paula. And thank you, Rebecca. This would be Paula D. from New Hampshire. You know, it starts with pocketing our pride. I didn't even realize how much I wore pride. Once I put it in my pocket and I wasn't in charge anymore, then then I could look. Every dark cranny of the past, yes. And you know, the, sp- the promises were mentioned here. There are eight promises. Can I tell you they come true, each and every one? But it says once we have taken this step withholding nothing, I was always holding something back, thus I was always carrying but as it goes on, we begin to feel the nearness of our creators. Our fears, fears fall from us. First, our fears fall. Then we begin to feel the nearness of our creator. And it said here, certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual believing. Now it isn't just believing in God. It's knowing God. It's knowing his nearness. Even though it's only a beginning, it's enough. It's enough. That feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. You know, all of a sudden you say, what? I don't want it anymore. It's not chasing me anymore. Or was I chasing it? Either way, it stopped. It stopped. We feel that we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand. Can't get too much closer, can you? Perhaps heart to heart with the spirit of the universe. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Who's next? Kim? Hi, Kim. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm going to pluck out that promise. We can look the world in the eye. You know, there's a really clear-cut direction here. The big book is so beautifully written. There's a series of actions followed by a series of promises or experiences so we can check to see, do we thoroughly follow these directions? So I often have my sponsees use these promises as meditation. You know, we've done five, six, and seven all in one day, and are you having this experience? And if not, maybe we need to dig a little deeper in that fourth step. But these are the, this is the experience that you should have from the actions that we've taken up to this point. So we can look the world in the eye. You know, we talked a lot last week about being that chameleon, about being, you know, that we just try to mold ourselves to what other people need so that we can feel comfortable in this world. I didn't realize that I wasn't looking people in the eye until after my fifth step because, I don't know why because, but what I recognized when I was feeling this promise was being the chameleon being constantly on guard, being constantly in collision with other people and other things, I had to be in this mindset of what lies did I tell to you? Who am I supposed to be in front of you? I have to defend and I have to attack. But I could never look anyone in the eye because my brain and my mind was in so much chatter trying to keep up with the mask that I put on for you and the mask that I put on for them. 
And when I truly let someone know all my story, when I really saw where I was selfish, where I was dishonest, where I was self-seeking, where I was frightened, when I addressed my fears, when I addressed my sex conduct, I began to be an authentic person. So when you approached me, I didn't need to remember all those lies. I could really look you in the eye and I could be present at that very moment. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful way to experience life, to be able to be comfortable in your own skin, to look people in the eye and be present, and to be not so consumed with me, but actually be interested in you. So use these promises as a barometer. If you've done your four, four, five, six, seven, look in there. Is this your experience? And that, for me, was the most beautiful promise. I could now look the world in the eye. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Hanayeta, may I share? Go ahead, Hanayeta. Hi, good morning. Um, my name is Hanayeta, and I'm from Plano, Texas. And, you know, every time, I've, every time I've gone through the steps many times in the past and taking people through the steps was when I first realized, not when I went through them, but when I started taking people through the steps is when I realized that each each step has promises after it, and I um, and I just love this one. I love these, but of course, again, it starts with when when we pocket our pride. You know, when I when I can put my character defects out on the table and look at them at every dark cranny. Then once then once I've done that, then I get to have all these wonderful things happen to me. You know, I have this nearness of my Creator that I and I never had before. And, and every time I take somebody through the steps and every time I look at the steps myself with somebody else, I also have this, this innate feeling inside me that I am okay all by myself. I need no outside entity, no person, no place, no thing, nothing except for me and my creator, my God. I get to have that inside me, and that's all I need. And it's an amazing way to live. And the older I get, and I'm getting pretty old, the older I get, the more I realize that what a precious gift it is not to have to need somebody else to tell me I'm okay. And, 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 it's, and that's, the pro, that's what I see as the promise here, is that I am now, I feel uh, a nearness of, of my creator and I have the spiritual beliefs, and those are my spiritual beliefs, that I'm okay, that I'm okay with just God and me. And, uh, and it was a spiritual experience when I finally realized it, not realized, when I finally owned that, when it became a part of my heart and soul, that that's who I am. Then, and only then, was I able to walk hand in hand with the Spirit on the broad highway, this big broad highway that we can all be on there together, but we're all walking hand in hand with our own Spirit of the Universe. Each and every one of us has the Spirit of the Universe that we can walk on this broad highway together with, not because we, you know, because we want to be there together. You know, it's not an obligation. It's not a threat. It's not anything. It's, it's because I want to walk hand in hand 
with the spirit of the universe on this beautiful broad highway with all my sisters and brothers out there that are walking on this together. And um, it's just such a beautiful way to live. It's such a beautiful way to live. Thank you so much for this reading today. I'm so glad I was on. And uh, thank you. I pass. Thank you, Hannah Yetta. Anyone else want to share on this paragraph? Sarah. This is Bella. Can I share? Sarah and then Bella. Go ahead, Sarah. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah W. from Iowa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I feel really overwhelmed with um, a lot of emotion this morning. I don't know. Um, I think the main thing that I, that I see is that um, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. And the fact that I'll begin to have this spiritual experience, and I, that has really shown true for me. And so many other people that I've known in the program, um, I think uh, to think that, you know, we come in for our weight and how we look and how we feel about ourselves. Um, and, you know, I've heard so many people say, you know, uh, they were asked to write down what their goal would be a year from the time they came in. And even though I've gone through relapse um, in my life, uh, and thank God I'm not there today, but, you know, my worst day in recovery is better than my best day without recovery, before recovery. And, um, you know, my mother died five months ago, and, you know, I've been able to go through this abstinently um, and really um, feeling very connected and um, working really hard in, in 10 and 11 and 12 and you know, I've gone through all my steps, and, and I just, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling grateful for where I am in the program. And I guess the thought I have is that, um, you know, it's all here for us. It's just wanting it enough to do the things I need to do. Because what they're talking about, that spiritual experience, is not only that I'll have a creator that I have that I know walks with me all the time, not just in the morning and at night, but throughout the day and every day, and and, and that walks, and, and that everybody has their own higher power, and I don't need to be theirs. <laughs> but that I get to feel like I'm a whole and complete person, and I no longer feel driven to utilize things to escape not only food, but behavior. So... You know, that that spiritual experience is about a personality change and that we really want to, you know, we become a different person. We become a different person and we we finally feel like a whole human being. And and I'm so grateful for that. And I welcome all the newcomers on the line. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Bella? Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. We pocket our pride. Such a wonderful, wonderful 
sentence. And I would say, not my pride, but my ego. Yes, when I did step five, I had to put down my ego and to accept and admit that I am human and I did my mistakes. I have my uh, character defect and just to face it. Yes, I am not perfect as I thought and I am no I don't know everything all the time as I thought and to put down completely my ego and now that I am thank God thank God in the program yes I have the pride I have the pride the healthy positive pride and my pride is that I am connected to God yes that I feel safe and secure walking hand by hand and yes thank God I I I can say very much with pride yes I am human I have my character defect and I am here in this world to take care on these character defects, not to say I don't have them. Yes, I have them, and my job is to work with them, to work on them, to be a better me one day at a time. And now that I have this pride, that I know that I am connected to God, yes, I can look the world in the eyes. Yes, I am not a people pleaser. Yes, I have. I am human, and I have my limitations. And if I do a mistake, yes, it's my pride to say, "Well, I am sorry. I will learn for the next time. I will change my behavior next time." Yes, I have new opportunities. Yes, God is giving me new opportunities because I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. I am looking for progress one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. This is Rebecca, and I'm going to share next. Um, I'm thinking about how much pride I had when I was in the food all those years, and what a tall order it was to maintain that pride. It it really doesn't make any sense. Um, I was powerless and my life was unmanageable and I wasn't aware of it, but um, I was wreaking havoc right and left with myself and with my fellows and trying to maintain a sense of pride all the while. So what a relief it is to be taught to pocket my pride, which had no basis to begin with, and um, learn humility, and that's what these steps teach us, is to be humble as best we can with God's grace. And it did afford me that feeling of being comfortable in my own skin. Before uh, I coined it, I feel like I own my space, whereas I never felt like I deserve to be sitting in the space, uh, you know, and c- contrarily at the same time I was overbearing and in charge of everybody else's space. So 
now I can just be in my space and you can be in your space and um, I can have, believe it or not, be alone in perfect peace and ease. And it's such a gift and I didn't know it was available. I didn't know I was missing it until I came into these rooms and all of you taught me what you knew through the big book. And it's a wonderful thing. And I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Okay. Why don't we move on to the next paragraph? And that would be Janice M. Well, thank you, Rebecca, and thank you, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive overeater. Returning home... We find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything. For we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Mm-mm-mm. So this is the first time that this is some more directions, clear-cut, specific, what we do after we've given our fifth step away. We go home, and we are quiet for one hour. This is the only place in the book that tells us to be quiet and, and, and take, a, take a little rest. But it doesn't tell us to go to sleep. It says, be quiet for an hour. And, and we're going to be reviewing these first five steps that we've just completed. But first of all, we thank who? We thank God from the bottom of our heart, that we know him better. Now, to know him better is to experience him. And yes, certainly, when I gave my fifth step away, we just read two paragraphs, I began to know him, to experience the presence of my higher power. I certainly did. You know, you can know of something, but to know somebody or to to know to have a relationship, and that was the beginning for me. I really felt his presence. So now, okay, that's the first thing. I thank him. Then it tells me to take the book down and look at the first five steps, the first five proposals. And it the first thing it asks me to do is, okay, did I omit anything? You know, did I fail to include? Am I hiding something that I just didn't put on the list? You know, and of course, you know, if we did, then we have to, you know, be honest. Because, see, we're building an arch. And, you know, most of us, well, a lot of us here know this is how Bill writes. He, he's building, we're building an arch. You know how an arch is of a, of a, of a, a door. So he's asking us to review that, review like the first step, you know, um, do I have the willingness, am I powerless, you know, how is my food? Of course, that shouldn't even be a problem now, but, you know, if we're honest, dishonest, 
we, we still have that in the background. So that's the first step. Then the second step, we, we ask ourselves, okay, am I, do I believe now? Well, it says in this previous, previous paragraph, we do. We not only believe, but we, you know, we we know of his presence. We we know, and then of course we've made a decision. Um, okay, we've made a decision so far. However, it says, why are we building this arch? See, the second step is the cornerstone of this whole slab of of cement. Cement is 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 the basis. So. Um, now we have the cornerstone, the second step. The third step is the keystone. Remember, that's the middle of the arch. We've, we've gone through that in the previous chapters. Now, um, how is this arch? How is this foundation? Uh, we've completed, uh, we've added two more steps, two more stones, and that's four and five. Now, is this foundation really solid? You know, um, cement, um, mortar. Mortar, I looked it up, mortar is, is a bonding material um, in masonry. So if we have, and it's made up of cement, sand, and water. Now, if I omit, and I'm building an arch, which, of course, I will never be able to, um, you know, and I'm missing something, one of those bonding materials, what's going to happen to the arch? It's going to fail. You know, it's going to fall down. And so if there's one component missing in these first five steps, I cannot recover. There's no sense of going on. That's what the picture is for this, the mortar without sand. Otherwise, I have to stop here before I continue to do any more actions. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Sylvia. Go ahead, Sylvia. Good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia, recovered compulsive overeater in upstate. Um, favorite part of the book. This is where I've gotten so much relief in my recovery. And I just a, a quick anecdote that I wanted to share. Um, on, on my first fifth step, it was exactly as it was described in the book. And I, I had been thorough and honest, and I got incredible relief. I mean, the obsession is lifted. I could look people in the eye. It was an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful that I had that experience because it made me not be afraid to do it again because, you know, nowhere did it ever say that maybe I wouldn't do it twice. But the next time I did a fifth step, I was having trouble. I was really having, you know, not feeling... A recovered, I call it a recovered state of mind, you know, not spiritually fit. So I was struggling. And so I had gotten a new sponsor, and we had gone back to the beginning. And I had done my fifth step, and we went exactly as described. You know, she said, take an hour, check your foundation, do you, you know, see how you feel. And when I called back after that hour, she said, how do you feel? And I said, you know, I still feel anxious. I feel I don't feel the way I remember feeling. I, nothing's been lifted. And she asked the question, what are you telling me that you haven't told me? What is it that you need to tell me? And it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to give up my secret. Now, it was such a small thing for anyone else but an addict. But for me, I didn't want to admit to myself and to her that I couldn't eat sugar. 
I want to, I, I didn't want to eat it, but I didn't want to be honest that I couldn't. And when I told her that, in fact, it was lifted. I felt the relief. So it wasn't over the food at all. It was over lack of honesty. I wasn't being honest with her. I wasn't being honest with myself. I wasn't being honest with God. That was a very, you know, I had gone over so much of my history, and I'd, I'd cleared the wreckage of my past so much. But this was one that I was still carrying of, of dishonesty. And I have found that it, it's not going to work unless I'm completely honest. And I love this part of the book where it gives us exact instructions. You sit for an hour, and then now I know to ask my sponsee, how do you feel? You know, Is there anything else that you haven't told me? Um, because you, you, you want to feel better. That's, that's the point. I don't want to be in my little crazy addict's mind anymore. And uh, so I know that... For me, honesty is such a key, and I deal with this instantaneously now when I'm feeling, you know, the the craziness, the agitation, um, not feeling okay with myself. I know to go quick and do that inventory, which is in uh, step 10, and clear it out. So with that, I pass. So grateful that you're all here with me today. Thank you, Sylvia. Who's next? This is Katie F. Go ahead, Katie F. Good morning, Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And, you know, I've I've shared before that I've been abstinent for a long time, but um, I did just recently um, do the steps again. I'm still um, in that process. And um, so I recently had this experience of, of, um, you know, sitting quietly for an hour after doing my fourth step and I mean, my fifth step. And, you know, it's not easy for someone like me to sit for an hour and not um, have my mind one and, and just or, you know, want to do something else or fall asleep. And so um, it was a great experience because I just kept going back, um, you know, concentrating on what I had shared and what, um, you know, reviewing what I had just shared with my sponsor and, you know, just looking at it with a fresh eye and with asking God to show me anything that I needed to see. And, you know, this process works. I mean, this stuff works because, you know, as now I'm moving on with my uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, you know, I'm able to see what is really my part, and what is the part that I have to let go of. And that's what um, this is talking about here. It says, "Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation?" And you know, I just love the visual. Um, effect of this you know I think of of you know when you make a uh, sand castle at the beach you know I mean it it can look so wonderful and look so solid and so secure but that first you know when the tide comes in and the water comes over it it's gone I mean it could be the most beautiful with lights on it and everything else but 
it doesn't have a solid foundation. And, you know, that's what I did for decades in my life is I, you know, tried these little things um, to get my life in order. And I would go off on a high for a while because the diet worked and I was losing some weight. But I really wasn't looking to change. I really wasn't looking to be any different than I'd always been. I just wanted to be thin. That was my goal. And my goal today is not to be thin. My goal today is to be in right alignment with God and, and with others. Um, God first, because not everyone is going to like me. Not everyone is going to think that what I do with this program is wonderful. Not everybody wants what I have. But as long as I'm doing what I believe God wants me to do, then I'm on the right path. And I can only stay on that when I am standing solid on that foundation of recovery and continuing to work these steps. So, you know, it doesn't... um, it's not complicated. It's not complicated, but it does have to keep happening. It's not something that we, we just do once and then, you know, okay, well, I did that OA thing and now I'm going to go off and just live my life. You know, that, that's not the case for me. I do the same things I did the day I walked in this program, if not more, um, since I've been recovered. It's, you know, I, I tried to do the skimpy way for, you know, six or seven years or five or six years, and that got me absolutely nothing. Not a little bit of recovery. It got me nothing except going further down eventually. So, you know, I'm grateful today that I remember what it was like. I remember those moments when I picked the food back up and I just slid down that hill like I was, you know, riding a toboggan. And I don't want to go there today. I don't want to go back down there. You know, as we've been talking, I just wrote something down that I need to share with my sponsor that happened yesterday because I don't like to have secrets. I don't like to have um, ugly things swirling around in my head, taking up space. And I'm so grateful to have a solution that shows me how to not live in that old, um, sick, shadowy place with that past. Thank you, Katie F. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Rabia. Hi, Rabia. Hello, this is Rachel. Rabia and then Rachel. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rabia, and I'm a newly recovered compulsive overeater. And, oh, um, this paragraph, this activity really reinforced for me the precise instructions of this textbook, which my big book guide had been pointing out to me um, continuously all the way up to here. And uh, she never veered from the textbook. Um, She would share how her experiences related to it and kept reinforcing that I need to I needed to develop my own relationship with this textbook um, and make it personal for me. Um, and 
So we met to do recently, we, we met to do the fifth step, and, and we live quite a distance from each other. So we both drove for a few hours, and we met halfway. And, and so we did the um, fifth step, and we got to this paragraph, uh, we hours. I mean, we spent hours doing the fifth step, and we got to this paragraph, and it start. And she had me read it, and it says "returning home," and I read through it, and um, and I said, "Well, wh- I'm just going to stay here and sit in the parking lot, you know, while, while you drive home, and I'm going to take my hour now. All this stuff is fresh in my mind, and uh, and that that's what I'd like to do." And uh, she brought me back to the text and uh, read this first sentence again, and it says returning home, um, and it's just that precise. So, okay, I drove my few hours home, and I sat for my hours in my home in the quietude. And, and you know, it, it just, um, I'm not doing it my way anymore. Um, I need to not do it my way anymore. My my way over time has never consistently worked. So so I, I am so grateful for the precise instructions of this textbook and it and it will it gives me comfort to know we can pass it on. I can pass it on. Um, to to new people coming through because there's nothing I make up in here. This, this I'm not reinterpreting any of this. These are very precise um, instructions, and I am very grateful for that. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. Rachel? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, Rachel, go right ahead. Yes, um, thank you very, very much, Rebecca. Is it who is running the meeting? And uh, and to everybody who is on the line, uh, I would like to relate to how we skimped on the cement put into the foundation, notwithstanding that right now under my apartment they are building and making an unbelievable noise with the mortar and the cement and the sand and everything, and I'm watching it and it's amazing, you know, what can be done with all these ingredients, but in my recovery, at this, at the point of step five um, and, and checking, I just recall that it was an incredible experience doing the, step, the fifth step with someone, but all I can remember is that I told her my life story, and I really got a lot of ease and comfort from it and felt unburdened, but never, ever was there any kind of mention at that time in the 70s of really doing the fourth step the way that it's supposed to be done, not at least where I was going to meetings. And um, so I had to, of course, do it again and again. And now in, in finally, in these last years that I've been listening to Coffee Shop and then to Vision for You, have done it. And I, the, the step that I tended to skimp on is the 100% step is the step one and the second part of step one, and maybe somebody else will, will, will relate to this. It's very hard for a compulsive overeater who still keeps her life together. Somehow the facade of sanity is there to accept the unmanageability of life. And I was always wondering, you know, is my life unmanageable enough that I should be able to take this step 100%. And then I stopped wondering when I read in the daily reflections 
only step one where we make the 100% admission we were powerless over alcohol can be practiced with absolute perfection. And that's from the 12 and 12. And he tells about this person who um, came into AA and thought that he was doing it all very well until he fell again into the drinking because he was not able to. When faced with step one, I found it it easy to admit that I lacked the power not to drink. But was my life unmanageable? Never. Five months after coming into AA, I was drinking again and wondered why. Later on, back in AA and smarting from my wounds, I learned that step one is the only step that can be taken 100% and that the only way to take it 100% is to take 100% of the step. That was many 24 hours ago, and I haven't had to take step one again. So, yes, that, that was, for me at least, the experience was, that was very difficult to admit the unmanageability. And when I finally did, it was through somebody who said, you don't have to dig so far and see how bad you feel and how your clothes are not in order and how your account is not in the bank is not. Just one plain fact, you decided last night to not eat, and by 11 o'clock the next day you made up your mind at night, and by 11 o'clock you changed your mind. Is that not unmanageable enough that you're again in the food a few hours later? That's enough. Yes, my life is as unmanageable as it can get, with, even with the fact that I'm not rolling under the bridge with an empty bottle. And I thank God, and I thank program, and I thank God that kept me for that many years a little bit in a fog about things, and that now it's so clear to me, the taking of the second part of step one, when I sat and, and figured out, you know, in that hour after giving my fourth step, you know, have I skimmed, and I had to work on that again, on the second part of step one. And thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Rebecca, and I'll share. Um who would have ever thought that sharing every twist of my character and dark cranny of my past would help me in some way? I certainly didn't think so. But it says here, and I feel it, that now I walk hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And <clears throat> in this next paragraph that we just read, I thank God and I continue to thank God all the time for this gift of freedom that God has given me, um, my higher power whom I choose to call God. And um, from the bottom of my heart, I now know him better. I didn't know God at all. And by freeing myself from the shackles of my secrets and even things that I didn't even know were secrets. I wasn't even in touch with my character defects because I was so prideful. Um, I've been given the gift of a relationship with my higher power, and I'm so thankful for that. 
program works. And with that, I'll pass. I think we have time for maybe one more share if anyone else has a desire to speak up. And reflect on this paragraph at the bottom of 75. Hi, Rebecca. This is Kathy. I'd like to share. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Um, as I'm listening this morning to the reading and to everyone's shares, I realize um, how far I've come in my willingness to sit quietly with God. Um, I can remember when I was... The first time I did a fifth step and then was asked to sit quietly with God, um, I don't think I could sit more than two minutes. And uh, I just had no awareness um, of his presence. I did when I was writing. Uh, the action of writing really brought me closer to my higher power. But when I was just sitting... I think the um, the vast gap in not doing anything uh, was very scary to me and very unfamiliar to me. And today, um, every time I do a tenth step, I actually look forward to the moments and minutes and sometimes half hour that I give myself to sit quietly with God, um, and that's one of the promises. I'm not sure it's written out there, but it certainly has come true for m many of my fellows and for me that um, taking that quiet time, not just as part of the fifth step, but every time uh, we need to pause because we're aware of some resentment, fear, or conduct that is um, not right with God, um, we have the opportunity to do that. So it's really an amazing experience. And uh, for anyone who's still writing or just beginning, um, it's something very special that will come about as you do the work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Hi, Leanne. Go ahead, Leanne. You'll be our last person to share before we close. Thank you. I'm just really glad to be hearing this today to get reinforced with that quiet time thing because um, I feel like I always have to continue spiritual growth. And um, the book does talk a lot about sitting quietly and listening. And I just, like was just shared, it was always like a big gap and too much noise in my head too much of a bother. I'm not getting anything from this. I need to put good thoughts in my head. I need to keep reading. But um, I'm finding that um, God really reinforces this to me every time I get discouraged with my sitting quiet. And um, I'm just really grateful to hear the shares about it today. It's a, a real answer to prayer because I was just complaining this morning about how loud and busy my head can be. And that's still okay because I'm, I'm learning to let go my quiet time like 
um, is, a, is a practice in letting go. And uh, the first time I had to do it was like what people are sharing after coming home and having to sit quiet <laughs> for a whole hour. I found that really pretty impossible, but I gave it a shot. And um, just like today, I keep giving my spiritual growth a shot, and I have to change it up sometime and and uh, continue on growing in it, you know, wherever it leads me. So I'm just really grateful for the shares today. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Leanne. Well, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if you have your own house in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understood God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.